morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. How we doing, everybody? Steve here, uh, of course, with another brand new episode. And I'm so happy to bring on the show uh, my friend of, we did the math, we're saying 19 years, Mr. Joey Nelson. Joey, how we doing? We're doing all right. Hey, everyone listening. Thanks for checking in. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, as someone uh, that I've 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 always wanted to get on the show. I have a, a handful of friends uh, from my life um, that I've always wanted to get on. You're one of them, uh, always because we've always had great movie discussions. Uh, let alone the fact that you worked at a movie theater for you know so many years, <clears throat> and the fact uh, we do have the connecting factor uh, of some of my guests of Rocky. You did Rocky. Uh, when I was a regular and then uh, I became a cast member and I want to say within a year or two of joining cast uh, you departed ways because uh, you had, it run had nothing your to do with you I promise <laughs> <laughs> and no but so uh, did, thanks for coming on uh, life is good Absolutely. life is busy you're a teacher you're a father yep do you still make time for movies um, not as much time for movies. I mean, my, my, my great love in life is music. And so, and that's what I'm a teacher of. Um, so I'm a, uh, elementary through middle school, uh, music and band teacher. Um, and so for the most part, I actually experience movies, uh, through, through scores these days. Um, but I don't get out to the movies as much as I, I did previously, but, uh, I still have a profound love of them. There you go. And <clears throat> one thing I also forgot to mention, because uh, one of the other great things uh, through through Rocky, you are a musician. You you've been in several bands, of one of which I I have an album on my phone. <laughs> I have say I believe it's Savings and Loans. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a band that I was in Daradune in the yep. in the early two thousands. Yep. So yeah, I mean, since then I've been in a handful of other bands touring. Um, and then uh, uh, playing in various pit orchestras and sure. um, uh, for city ballet orchestra around town. So, so not just um, you know, not, not just the and, one and band that, sort of that thing, I know you from, but but also uh, so much more. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do have to say, I'm I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but I have to say it's so crazy because uh, I'll be listening to because I shuffle, I shuffle Daradune between. And this is the crazy part. I, sh I do shuffle of three albums. <clears throat> I shuffle Savings and Loans. I shuffle mm. Dave Chappelle's Block Party. And I shuffle <laughs> Kanye's West uh, College Dropout. All right. So you'll that, come that, on. That, that's, some, that's some all right company. <laughs> you'll come on. And it's, it's, there are times that I literally will forget that I'm listening to you playing the drums. And drums are like some <laughs> of my favorite instruments ever. And just hearing that and just listening it. And then I have this moment of like, oh, fuck, this is Joey. Like, I actually know the person doing this right now. Like, this is bonkers. <laughs> second, second professional drummer I've had on the show, I can also say. Awesome. I had Kevin Clark, may he, may he rest in peace, uh, from School of Rock. He was the drummer uh, there. Uh, but I'm so happy to have you on and talk about some movies. Uh, and we start with a question that I always love to start with. Have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? I have. Um, 
I, I I've walked out of a couple movies. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 so funny that like we 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 start these questions and I'm automatically starting it on something that's like so heavy-handed as this. Um, but uh, the first movie I walked out of in my life was in 2002. Okay. Um, and I walked out of the film Irreversible. I don't know that movie. What movie is that? So um, Irreversible uh, was a film. And, and the, the movie theater uh, chain that I worked for, I worked for Landmark. And so Landmark deals in, in foreign cinema and indie film. And Irreversible was a film that came out. Um, and the whole idea of the film, much like Memento, is it's shown out of sequence right so okay. the entire film is actually shown in reverse in like 14 scenes or something like that but um it deals with uh a sexual assault and a rape and that's in the first like quarter of the film that's what it opens with sure and then uh and it's just it's a lot to process because as a viewer um that, that that's what what's out of the gate sure you know and then um to boot we're in the film you're dealing with the people who are taking vengeance on the people for this act and so you're viewing the vengeance before the act oh wow so you're seeing the yeah. violence and then you have to you're like wait why are they doing okay have you yeah have you, have you ever taken the time to go back and watch this or was that just enough for you no i i, I never have i've i've read um, other people's reviews of it. Um, I made it through about three quarters of it before I just, you, you know, and, and, and part of it is, is, you know, I mean, it's an interesting storytelling device. It really is because it allows the viewer to process the story differently as we've seen in Memento and other films that don't tell a story chronologically, but the subject material just made it absolutely unwatchable. It was, uh, it was rough. It was, I don't mind violence, but there ne there needs to be a reasoning behind it well, beforehand. And, beforehand. <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's difficult to say if it's a good film, you know, I mean, it has tons of artistic merit, um, but I'm not sure if the artistic merit excuses how brutal and gratuitous the content really is. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, and so it, it was, uh, it was one of the most walked out of films I feel <laughs> Uh, of like 2002 2003 okay. just uh just rough subject matter the 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 amount of refunds that we gave on that film was high it was super high super high i you know you say that and and that i mean that that in its own right like what film has been re like like in my mind like what movie have you refunded the most? Because <laughs> as a box office employee myself, like I've, I've refunded a handful of movies for, you know, stupid reasons, people leaving, needing to leave people, not enjoying the movie. Sure. Um, what would you, if in your mind, what, what would you say? What's the first movie that comes to your mind of the most refunded film that you worked um, in the theater? I mean, proportionally versus people that stayed um i would say irreversible but it was such a lowly attended film to begin with okay um but if we're going to talk about films that were highly attended and i had to do a lot of refunds on um 
surprisingly enough, because at the time I was working at uh, the Hillcrest Landmark, and for those about you uh, out there who are listening that don't know, uh, Hillcrest is uh, really one of the largest LGBTQ uh, communities in San Diego. Uh, it's the hub. It really is. It really um, is. Um, but uh, Brokeback Mountain, the amount of oh. refunds that I gave on Brokeback Mountain was astounding. Um, and all of us working figured because of the neighborhood we worked in, people would know what to expect, but apparently not. not. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. The silliest I've ever heard is Drew re, uh, refunded someone for Pan's Labyrinth because they thought it was a sequel to Labyrinth. Oh. And okay. uh, he had to refund someone for Meet the Spartans because it wasn't 300. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've only just, you know, no one's ever given me ridiculous reasons. We did have a doctor that came into the La Costa Sinopolis that would always leave like halfway through saying he had a medical emergency. And my, my manager at one point just went, okay, but this is your last one because you have too many medical emergencies. Just every film on a medical emergency. <laughs> he didn't like it, so medical emergency. So other than, what was it, Irreversible? Or mm-hmm. what, what, what other movies you walked out of? Uh, the, uh, the early 2000s Phantom with uh, Gerard Butler. Fan- Phantom? Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that Phantom. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Emmy Rossum. Well, you said, you said Phantom, and I automatically went to Billy Zane. Oh, right. The Phantom. The Phantom. <laughs> and then you said, and then, and then I thought you said Phantoms and I'm like, Ben Affleck? And see, <laughs> <laughs> Affleck, yeah, you no. the bomb in Phantom, Joe. No, so you're talking uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, can, just, I can understand why. And just on a whole, it was just disappointing performances. Like I, I grew up with a lot of musical theater and I grew up loving a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber's material. Oh, so you grew up with Michael Crawford. You grew up with a good singer. I did, I did. But, um, and so, you know, I mean, it's really hard to hold a candle to to the Michael Crawford recording. Sure. Um, you know, and, and Sarah Brightman, say what you will about her. Um, you know, she's killer at what she does. Sure. But um, I think also though, at that time, it may have uh, been partially my uh, have to do with my declining love of Andrew Lloyd Webber's material. Like I grew up with it and that's really what launched me into my love of musical theater. But just as I played more music myself and listened to more music myself um, and became aware of more musicals out there, my my love of Andrew Lloyd Webber's material just has just over the years kind of deteriorated. Sure, I can understand that. I I much like yourself grew up on Andrew Lloyd Webber. My parents had uh, cassette tapes <clears throat> of uh, Phantom, of Cats, of the best of Michael Crawford. So mm-hmm. that that had that had everything that had that had sang from Evita, from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, right. from, from Phantom, like anything that, that, you know, Michael Crawford essentially sang at one point or another was on that. Um, <clears throat> uh, I myself was in a production when I was 16 years old, uh, 17 years old, 
of Jesus Christ Superstar at La Paloma Theater. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, um, let's see here. This was probably like five or six years ago. Um, uh, was part of the, the orchestra for a staged, uh, like in concert production of Jesus Christ Superstar. And I got to play kit for that. And that would, that was a bucket list for me. Like, like say what I will about, you know, my declining love for, for, Andrew Lloyd Webber, but getting to play the drum kit book for, for JC is, is pretty amazing. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause <clears throat> you, you, you get to drive the bus basically. I mean, there's a conductor in front of you, but you get to drive the bus. Um, and there's a full orchestra behind you. So it's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I went and saw the original Phantom of the Opera, not the original. I saw the Gerard Butler Phantom of the Opera and I really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because that was my first visual representation seeing it. I had never seen the stage play. I had never seen any movie. They didn't do like a Cats direct-to-video Broadway of Phantom of the Opera. So I had never seen that. So I, I watched it in the theater and I loved it. <clears throat> to which uh, I remember like it's one of the final scenes and Christine is giving the ring back and I'm a big sap and I was raised with emotion and I'm sitting there weeping a little bit and my buddy looks at me and he just starts chuckling and he's like, are you crying? Uh, to which <laughs> I very quickly uh, smacked him in the ball sack to which he started crying and I would just started. Right. Then I started laughing. Um, but yeah, Phantom of the Phantom of the Opera, I got you on that one. Um, with that, I always like to go what I call the opposite spectrum. And mm -hmm. that's a movie you couldn't stand to a movie that you could watch every day, a movie that you love that if you need to put something on for background noise, or if you're flipping the proverbial channel, no matter where it's at, you're watching it. Sure. Uh, I mean, and there, there, there's a laundry list of those films. Sure. Uh, there really is. Um, a lot of the Coen brothers work. I could, I could, uh, I could have O brother on pretty much any time. Um, I could have Lebowski on pretty much any time. Sure. Um, but if if you really like made me narrow it down to one film um, that I could watch absolutely every day, uh, it would be Amelie. Okay, that's a good one. It's just it's it's visually stunning. It's incredible storytelling, and back to the musical end of things, Jan Tiersen's scoring is easily one of my favorite things in the world. So it's got a great soundtrack that you could just listen to on its own. Absolutely, which oftentimes I do. <laughs> uh, it's 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 rare that that a week goes by that I don't listen to something that Jan Tiersen has written. He's go. just he's he's a fantastic composer, um, and uh, I mean I mean everything else that he's scored for uh, has been really 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 wonderful. Excellent, Amelie's a, Amelie's a fun one. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, folks, definitely go and check it out. I, I, I feel that you can watch that movie, you know, once and, and definitely be happy, but it's one that you can definitely re revisit continuous amounts of times. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to movies, uh, and being young, youthful, what's a movie that takes you back to your childhood? Um, so one of my favorite films growing up, and it's still one of my favorite films to this day, um, is uh, Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal. And it's just, it's, 
It was foundational in my appreciation of not just practical effects and puppetry, but also um, being okay with a darker aesthetic. You know, I think um, a lot of a lot of things that are um, a lot of content out there for kids is uh, uh, almost entirely too bright and happy. Sure. Um, you know, and, and, and that's not to say that, that, that we shouldn't show our kids bright and happy things, right? But the dark um, crystal and the secret of the NIM can definitely help with that. Absolutely. You know, and, and I mean, <clears throat> Fern Gully, the last rainforest. <laughs> I think one of the things that I love, though, is, is that I grew up in a D&D household. Both my parents were players. They had a weekly game. And so monsters and the fantastic and that sort of thing weren't uncommon at my house. You know, sure, um, sure. there was there was fantasy artwork on the walls and a lot of the films that we watched ended up leaning towards a lot of that darker aesthetic just because of of the inherent kind of darkness in a lot of fantasy stories. Absolutely. So the Dark Crystal is a great one. I'm not going to lie. The first time I ever went to go see it um, was at one of the I believe it was a landmark, the La Jolla landmark, the midnight, mm -hmm. the midnight series that Brad used to do. Yeah. Um, and I had worked a full eight and a half hour shift and then went to a midnight <laughs> movie uh, with Scott and I believe Nikki. And when we were all living together in San Diego and probably about 30 to 45 minutes into the movie, I just passed the fuck out. Sure. Um, <laughs> have you gotten a chance to see the uh, series that they did for Netflix? I, w I was just going to say, um, I was so happy to get supplementary material with Age of Resistance. Um, it's it's one of those things that I felt like was created by people who loved the source material as much as I did. Sure. You know, um, it was it was one of those labors of love. It wasn't a labor of money. I mean, I'm sure people made money, you know, but um, but something like that, I feel like you do because you love the content. Sure. And it definitely shows that in the show. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. So mm -hmm. no, it's 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 incredible. <clears throat> Excellent. Excellent. Dark, uh, the Dark Crystal is a fun one. Um, <clears throat> being young, and uh, so this might be different, uh, being that you grew up in a, a household that, that was uh, a little bit more darker in the fantasy, uh, what was the first movie to give you nightmares? Do you, do you remember? <laughs> I, I do. Um, I, I don't remember specifically which one, but it was definitely one of the, uh, one of the Child's Play movies. Okay. Yeah, Chucky um, will definitely scare the shit out of you. Well, and like, like I saw portions of it at a neighbor's house and, and I mean, it just, it just stuck with me. You know, I like, like I've been able to watch them since it's not really my thing. You know, um, there's a lot of, a lot of horror that I love. It's just the, the child's play movies just never really stuck with me. Um, other content that uses like toys and the innocent as these kind of like antagonistic and evil, you know, figures. I think is fascinating. It's an a one. It's a wonderful device. But for some reason, Chucky just never did it for me. Sure, doesn't give me nightmares now, but at the time, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, my buddy that had brown hair. Luckily, uh, it still scared the shit out of me. Um, but yeah, no, I remember bits of of that when I was when I was a kid. Um, you mentioned horror films uh, and your love. I know that you did a lot of projecting. Um, I love the story. I mean, it's not much of a story, uh, but for anyone that doesn't know, there's a film 
out of I believe it's China Three Extremes or is it Korea? I was I was just gonna talk about Three Extremes as a projectionist and man, such a great screening to have done. Um, one because I got to pick the order. Uh, uh, that's the, I, the, anyone the, anyone I recommend this movie to. I'm not even lying, Joey. Anyone I recommend this movie to, your story is the story I tell them. Like, wasn't it there was just a sticky note that said, like, pick the order? Yep. Yep. It was, it was just pick the order, build it up how you uh, how you want. Was each film so, on a separate reel? Was it just three separate reels or how was it? They, they, they were on, I want to say they were on two reels. And I'll let you know, you know, how they were grouped. Okay. Do you remember, do you remember the order? Because I remember the order that they, that Nikki and I watched it when it was released digitally. Do you remember the order that you built it up with? Um, It was dumplings first. You started with dumplings? Yeah. Um, uh, The piano story and then the, yeah. Okay, when I watch it's been a, it's it's been a while since I've watched that. I should go back and and check it out again. I want to say I want to say they start with the with with that one and then they go dumplings piano. I want to say they end with piano. Okay. Yeah, I mean digital when we watched w- it. Yeah, I would probably choose a way different order now. Um I mean it's just like, you know, my my top five whatever is just constantly changing sure of you course know. of course <coughs> but yeah, any, anytime are, an, a, anyone asks for a ranked list you can be guaranteed it's going to change by the next day oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh but what were some other things that you loved i mean obviously you got to build it up in the order that you wanted but what were some other great things about it as a projectionist as a film that you love well i mean they, they did such a such a great job with with short stories and um in general, I am a huge fan of the short story, of the miniseries, of the limited series, whatever it is. And I love that we are getting more content like that, where rather than feature length films, we are getting more short series. You know, Marvel has taken that up a little bit. Um, you know, Netflix, you get things that are one season and eight episodes long, you know, but it's great storytelling. And so I, I always appreciate when someone can take a limited amount of time and tell a really rich story with it. Um, and I feel like each of each of the, the the short films in Three Extremes did such a wonderful job telling a complete story in a shorter amount of time than a lot of films do in two and a half hours. Absolutely. And they, they are definitely three extremes. <laughs> <laughs> they are three different... And, and I have to bring up, I mean, it, I, it would be amiss if I, 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 I believe I use that term properly, if I didn't bring up this movie, because I don't think I would have ever found out about this documentary if it were not for you. And that, of mm. course, is The Aristocrats. <laughs> I, saw it, I saw it twice at the, hill mar- at the landmark in Hillcrest. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just, it's, it's it, top three, top three favorite documentaries of all time. Like the, aristoc- the Aristocrats is on there. I just watched it. <laughs> I, 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 told, I, I told my buddy about it and he goes, I have no idea what it is. And I go, you have no idea what it's about? And he goes, no. And I was like, I own it on DVD. I was like, I will, I will bring it to your house and we will watch it. 
and uh, it's actually on Amazon Prime. But I, I, okay. I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's one of my favorite documentaries ever. I let's see here. I think I watched it one more time when it was out of uh, after it left the theaters, and I probably haven't seen it since. So I'm definitely due for a rewatch on it. You you watched it enough in the theater though that you were able to come in while it was playing and sit next to me and the person I came with and and <laughs> do the the speech that Doug Stanhope and Andy Richter were saying to their children. It was like a sea cucumber. Remember when we went to SeaWorld? I'll show you later. <laughs> I love I my wife my wife hates that film. She thinks sure. that that it's atrocious. Anytime I bring it up, she she looks at them and she's like, "Don't watch it." She 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 just tells them, "Don't waste your time." Like I, no, I well, I mean, it's 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 vulgar and it's oh, you know any number of things. I I I love that. I oh man, ever since I found out that movie was on Amazon Prime, which was probably three months ago, I've watched the movie three or four times. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just absolutely love it. And I went, and once again, I probably never would have found out about it had it not, had it not been for you, because I'm pretty sure that uh, you were like, you, I'm pretty sure just we were at Rocky and you were just like, oh, like there's this documentary that you would just absolutely love. Well, and like, I mean, I mean, say what you will about the, the, the content of it. I love that there's a thing that gets passed around. It's, it's like, like the lore of the joke is almost more important than the joke itself. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I that's what I love even more is like the more you look into the joke, like some people will tell you like the joke has been around forever. Some people will tell you that the joke didn't come around until they started making the documentary. So some people will tell you that the joke was made purely for the documentary. That's hilarious. Which I just, oh my, I just, it's so, it's so good. And, and because of that movie, um, I, I love this story. So, so everyone from Rocky was at war and Brad wanted to do his birthday cast. And that was like the one time he could do it. So he asked me to come be reverend and he was like, come be reverend, do whatever you want, like have a blast. So I get on the microphone and I get on up and I go, virgins, a talent agent is sitting in his office and a family walks in and says, have I got an act for you? And Brad goes, no, no. And I, I just keep going with it. And I go, and the talent agent says, <laughs> what kind of an act? Tell me. And I start to tell the joke. And then they turn <laughs> off the spot and they turn off the mic. Nice. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> moving on though, um, sure. there's uh, a lot of, of movies that come through our life. Uh, do you happen to remember the first movie that you saw in the theater? You know, I, I, I had to think about this uh, a lot and I don't remember the first movie I th- saw in the theater, but I do remember that uh, my first memories of movie theaters didn't start with indoor theaters, but drive-ins. Okay. So uh, I I grew up in Imperial Beach, Chula Vista, South Bay, uh, in in San Diego, uh, which is uh, 
closer to the border than a lot of people think, you know, when they think San Diego. Sure. Um, but, um, but drive, drive in theater right there, still right yeah, there. Yeah. And, and, and the South Bay drive in is, uh, uh, it's still there. It's still operational. Um, and I, so I, I'm fairly certain. Um, I, I have pretty strong memories of seeing both Willow and Who Framed Roger Rabbit at that drive in. That's awesome. Probably not together, you know, but that's 88, 89, sure. right? And sure. so that, that's when I'm like four or five. That's you know, so, man, those, man, I'm super jelly. I mean, I remember mine. I, I, I think mine's fun, but like, it's no Willow or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like mine's Ghostbusters too. That's, that's great. I what are enjoy, you talking about? I, 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 I think Willow and Who Framed, I, I love Ghostbusters too, but I would take Who Framed Roger Rabbit over <laughs> Ghostbusters too any day. Like like maybe willow like but yeah the 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 south bay drive-in just has so much uh so many memories uh stocked up for me um or and uh you know i mean i mean the 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 nostalgia of a drive-in movie aside um that theater specifically has just a lot of personal nostalgia in my life absolutely and the fact that it's still there is is amazing absolutely so, you know, so I, 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 I just a couple months ago went down there and, 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 and saw, uh, they may uh, have saw, saw Raya, I think. That's okay. What, they, yeah. it, it may have been together. Uh, Willow was released in May on May 20th of 1988. Mm-hmm. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit was released on June 22nd of 1988. So that's within, mm-hmm. within a month of each other. So if Willow was doing good enough, strong possibility it may have been together either way right i used to go i used to go to the oceanside drive-in and i knew i'd go there with my parents a lot and the only movies that i remember seeing there are the flintstones and tim allen's jungle to jungle (laughs) i know i went a ton more than that but those are the only movies that i remember from that drive-in which is not even there anymore they tore up the lot they tore right. up the, the screens. They used to have a, a swap market there, and they got rid of everything. That that that's inevitably what happens to drive-ins is uh, swap meets go in there. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, Van Buren up the street from me is a drive-in, right. also a swap meet. Right. South Bay is also a swap meet. Uh, Santee. Uh, oh yeah, is, they have. It's still an operational drive-in, sure. but uh, they're a swap meet too. But. And then now, like there's there's the Spring Valley swap meet, which is where a drive-in used to be, and then um, there used to be one in National City uh, where there was a drive-in, which okay, is sure. now I think they park like Amazon fleet cars there. And I'm sure they still do the swap meet down at the sports arena. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, um, no. Um, I mean, drive-ins are great just because, like, you can if you're if you're an adult and you have children. Uh, they can, and they can hang out in the back and sleep, you know, you're, you're in the confines of your own car, you know, um, my wife's family used to go to the drive-in and they would park in between two screens so that whoever wanted to watch one film could watch that film. And then whoever wanted to watch the other film could watch that. And you just tune in and listen to the film that you want to watch. That's pretty funny. 
see for me for me the with the drive-in <clears throat> it was always the uh uh it was always the little thing the little box that you'd put on the window and then you'd roll yep. the window open you'd crank that and uh so many times you'd see people drive away forgetting the box was there and then it would come <laughs> on and they'd you know you just hand it to them as you're driving on out um yeah i love going to the drive-in <clears throat> with the exception of uh with the van buren theater if it's a, a film that that is darker and i don't know if this is true of all movie theaters but if it is a darker film it um it does not show well on the screen no and and definitely uh every, every once in a while that, that that that's the case i saw um I saw New Mutants at the uh, at the Santee Drive-In, Very and it was just film. it was it was really really hard to watch just because it, the, the 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 entire film is super dark. It is absolutely, and not content wise, just dark. I, a crazy thing about New Mutants is I legit remember seeing a trailer for that movie like four or five years ago, and the first trailer for it looked really badass. It's and just, then, I mean, well, I mean, they, they went through so many production issues and like, you know, that that the 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 final product ended up just being a little convoluted. It was it was real interesting, though. Uh, there are very few products that Marvel or Fox put out for superheroes that I'm dissatisfied with or I'm like, well, I'll never watch that again. Right. <clears throat> like I'll watch new like if, if I have nothing else to do. And I'm like, oh, let's give New Mutants a chance. I've been doing that a lot. I just, I just rewatched uh, the Hunger Games because okay. I never, I never saw uh, Mockingjay one or two, so I just rewatched Hunger Games and Catching Fire, and then I watched Mockingjay Part One and Two. Nice. Um, I've been, I've been thinking about rewatching the Harry Potter series because I only got up to order the Phoenix when it comes to the movies, and I didn't see Half Blood Prince. I didn't okay. see the Deathly Hollows um so i'm i'm thinking about those but yeah yeah, yeah Did you read the books oh yeah read all the books okay. yeah 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 actually actually went and did a midnight release of deathly hollows and then made it in time to go back to rocky to play i think dr scott <laughs> and then and then pissed off like half the audience because for curtain call i came out holding my copy of the deathly hollows <clears throat> excellent yeah, yeah, as as I like to do, uh, but I I love going to the to the movie theater. Um, I love going to Costco or Sam's Club. You get yourself a hot dog or two because those hot dogs are cheaper and better than the hot dogs you'll get at a movie theater now. Absolutely, I was. I mean, so, you, you, you 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 worked at a theater. You know where the food comes from. I am so disappointed. The last time I went there, I went to go get a small popcorn, and they just had like thirty buckets pre-made sitting under a heater and i'm just like ah. and i i still got it like i waited in line and i saw it. i still got it because i wanted it but i'm just like well i'm never going to get popcorn from the driving theater again because i want it warm i want to hear it popping i want to see him scoop it out into sure. my bucket yeah absolutely the the, the, you snob, know, the snobbiness i get from working at a theater you know for for years after after i after i left uh landmark um I couldn't eat corn for like a decade. I don't know what it was. I just, I, I, I think I just ate so much popcorn while I worked for the theater because sure. like, I mean, it ends up being your dinner some nights, you know? Uh, some, like, sometimes when you're broke, you just take the clean garbage bag full yep. of popcorn home. Yep. 
I had family come to visit one time and Drew and I are sitting on the couch with a garbage bag of popcorn between the two of us. And we're just reaching on in and eating popcorn. And they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, uh, it's either breakfast or lunch. We haven't decided. One or the other. But it's also going to be dinner. So it doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah. But uh, I've recently been able to, uh, in, the, in the last like four or five years, uh, been able to, to start eating corn again. <laughs> uh, at the only point at which I stopped eating popcorn is when I thought I had diverticulitis. Okay. Because I would eat it and then I would just get this immense pain. And so I stopped eating popcorn for a while. And then like, I just was at the movies and I was like, I have to have fucking popcorn. Um, and so I, I bought it and then I was like, if I get it, I get it. And then I ate it and, and I've been fine. So nice. Um, what's, what's, what's your, what's your go-to, uh, uh, movie candy? Oh, junior mints. Okay. And I mix All it right. with, I mix it with the popcorn. Okay. And I learned that one from my mom. That was, that was a, a mom going to the movies thing. Uh, th- th- there's, there seems to be a, a large grouping of people who mix their movie theater pop uh, candy with their popcorn. I'm not one of those people, but, but I see the appeal. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people who do goobers or raisinets in their popcorn. Okay. Um, what I used to do, so when I worked for AMC and we had the season your own pretzel, uh, oh, yeah. what I ended up doing was buttering up my popcorn and then seasoning it with the cinnamon sugar. Yep. Uh, landmark we used to take the cinnamon sugar um, mm-hmm. and at the end of the night when we knew we had to clean the kettle anyways we threw a scoop of it in the kettle oh there we go yeah I never thought about doing that one the best the best this is so funny it's so funny working for a movie theater and then you go away for a while because I went back to uh, a theater and I worked for Sinopolis and when you get taught they teach you their method so their method is you take the scoop of the thing and they're they 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 all have the measured scooper for the seasoned salt and they're like one scoop and you throw it on in and then you do that and they're like a punch a a one one punch of oil and then you'd get the customers (laughs) and then you'd get the customers that would that found out how i made the popcorn and then would specifically ask if i was working because it was it was two scoops of the seasoned salt two to three pumps of that of the of the oil and yeah yeah and yeah big difference but uh i there are moments i really do miss working at a movie theater like there are very zen times about it Oh yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like, like there's, I mean, just like any, any service job where you have to deal with lines of people. Um, if you're working with a really good crew and working through like a prime set rush and your concessions team and your box office team is just working so well, there's really something, uh, just, just kind of mentally actually relaxing about it. Um, even the, uh, amidst the chaos there's a harmony there's a harmony in the it's yeah very much so it's flight it's flight of the bumblebee there's there's <laughs> so much there's so much going on but the joy and harmony of it when it's all flowing properly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then and then sometimes you just have a chad and you know who i you know who you are chad i don't think he's listening <laughs> i worked i worked with a dude named chad he was a good guy though um, what is a movie that you feel that you can watch once 
and you never have to watch again. Uh, ooh. Uh, once again, with the, the, there's a there, there's a there's a couple of them. Sure, let's um, hit me with hit me with them. You can give uh, me one. Oddly enough, there uh, the, the the like the first two that came for mind for me were both Lars von Trier films, um, and so Dancer in the Dark, um, which was a film with Bjork. <laughs> okay um and the film dogville which was a film with nicole kidman and paul bettany um stellar cast um sure. but the entire thing is um uh done I- as a stage play okay uh and and filmed as a stage play but there are very few set pieces okay. so like if we're talking buildings you see spike tape Oh, you see the outline of a building. Interesting. And so like something can be happening within the building. Right. Um, And even though it seems like it should be in full view of everyone, it's not. That's weird. And so you see some pretty atrocious things happen. That's weird. In plain view, even though technically it's not. Even though it's supposed to be like behind a wall. Right. Um, But no, I, I mean, anytime anyone, someone says you know what's a film that you've seen once and would never see again it's really dancer in the dark is that okay. is that bjork film it's a ridiculously well done film um uh, but not something that i need to experience with any sort of frequency um i was super excited when it was getting released too because i i love bjork's music i'm huge huge fan um and then to boot um one of the songs that was getting released uh called i've seen it all she was doing a duet with tom york from radiohead and I am a just gigantically huge Radiohead fan. Sure. Um, he, you know, Tom York is one of my favorite 20th century musicians along with the rest of the members of Radiohead. And so it gave me super high hopes for the film and it didn't disappoint. I mean, but it's just a very difficult story to digest. Sure. Um, so I'm able to revisit the music from the film um, and just not the film itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and as I was, I was, uh, thinking about this, the other one that really came to mind, um, that is just a gut punch, um, is Grave of the Fireflies. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Dancer in the Dark, it's Dancer in the Dark? Dancer in the Dark answer in the dark so you say bjork i hate to say it you say bjork and the first thing i go to in my mind now is always winona Ryder's impersonation of bjork on celebrity <laughs> jeopardy on saturday right. night live which is so spot on um some some of those ones are just so good um and then as we do come to a close here i always like to close with uh, a listener movie recommendation a movie that you love that you think the listeners should go check out? Sure. Um, so coming from uh, having been a projectionist in an art house uh, theater, um, if I had to pick one film that people probably haven't seen, and, and, and that's the thing, is like, it's like I, I could tell you, you know, a handful of great films that you've probably already seen. So I really wanted to go with something that I figure a lot of people haven't seen. Sure. So um, so go check out the movie Elling. That's E-L-L-I-N-G. So, um, and so, and like I said earlier, admittedly, like my film watching has declined 
as I moved away from being a projectionist. Um, and so Elling was released in 2001. Um, and it's a Norwegian film. Okay. It is easily one of the best told <clears throat> stories I have ever come across. Um, it deals with anxiety, like personal anxiety and loss and learning how to live and be comfortable in your own skin or and manage conditions in order to interact with other people. Um, and, you know, things that things that may be limiting to you and how to live with that. And like sometimes the best stories are the ones that um, that show us, the viewers, how to look at the foundational things in our lives. It's not something fantastical. It's not the M. Night Shyamalan twist. It's not the, the gigantic metallic flying space worm that uses the same sound effect in every film, you know, um, you know, that, that comes to wreck the city. It's the simple stories. And Elling is, it's, it's, it's something that's just really grounding because there's so much relatable in it to you. And even though it's, it's kind of a comedy, it also has these times that just can just easily bring you to tears. Um, and not like bawling on the floor, but just like you're watching and all of a sudden you realize that your face is wet. Interesting. All right. You know, so um, and so, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I love all of those, all of the, the, the big, you know, giant metallic space worm come to wreck a city films and i love the fantastical but um sometimes the best story is the one that's told simply and um and finds a way to floor you emotionally with simplicity and elling definitely does that excellent well that's great um <clears throat> as we come to a close here uh, where can people find you online, uh, socially, if you happen to want people to follow you there? Oh, sure. I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram at the oxygen kiosk. That's T H E O X Y G E N K I O S K the oxygen kiosk. Um, yeah. Which has that, always been, which has been your handle as long as I've known you. Absolutely. Excellent. And but yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm on Facebook, you know, if you look under, under Joseph Nelson, <laughs> I think. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and as we come to a close, I always uh, like to keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Uh, do you have any uh, words of positivity or a personal mantra that you'd like to leave the listeners with as we close it on out? Um, gosh, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, way to pull that one on me. Um, <laughs> um, no, um, as 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 someone who who deals with uh, performance and a lot of self confidence issues, um, take it easy on yourself. Like whatever it is you're doing, um, you know, uh, give yourself a break. It's a good one. We all I deserve like, that. I like it, Joey. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff, and I'll see you then. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice, there ain't any more. If you like our show, tell everyone but... 